do you say I love you? With flowers, chocolate, can jewelry really express true love? Because in the end, they all fall short. The only thing that can completely communicate the depths of your affection this Valentine's Day is meat. And not just any meat, though. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold is imported from overseas. Ew. And that's why it has to be Good Ranchers, 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat delivered directly to your door. Right now, get $30 off any box from Good Ranchers with code DANA. Now, this gift is sure to add some sizzle. Whether on the grill or in a pan, nothing simmers like prime cuts of beef, pasture-raised chicken, and premium quality seafood. Visit GoodRanchers.com and ditch the usual boring gifts that just don't cut it. Say I love you with American meat instead. Snag your $30 off with code DANA at GoodRanchers.com today. Love is in the air and it smells just like, you guessed it, Good Ranchers. Save $30 on your unique gift this Valentine's Day by visiting GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. It's Groundhog Day all over again. Congress has to figure out how to control our nation's debt. What solutions is Kevin McCarthy discussing? And what's the real way to solve America's debt crisis? What should you be looking out for? The Watchdog on Wall Street, Chris Markowski, explains. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast speech tomorrow. Well, as you know, the president is heavily, uh, as I've said many times, heavily engaged in the writing process. When you when you hear the speech, you're certainly here. Uh, there will be no question that this is a Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden State of the Union speech. Uh, so just want to make that really clear. But, you know, don't want to get ahead of what you're going to hear from him. Uh, and so I really want to know what that's going to sound like. What is a Joe Biden State of the Union speech going to sound like welcome to the program everyone i'm dana lash your lovable curmudgeon and you can listen from sea to shining sea on an affiliate in your area you can also watch the simulcast on youtube on facebook uh through the first on direct tv channel 349 as well so we're in just for those who are listening it might i know it's not going to sound any different to you i'm not on my my big hoss mic but it's not going to sound any different to you if you're watching though you're like where in the world is she at She's in front of, she's got an old timey radio behind her. Like, what is this? She stole some of uh, Glenn Beck's set pieces. What's happening? No, I'm, I'm actually at Radio America's headquarters in Washington. So I told you yesterday that I'm in D.C. for the State of the Union address. And I've never been to the State of the Union. And I, I mean, I've watched it a million times when I was younger out of interest and now and older for work. But I've never attended so I'm here for that. I'm going to be attending this evening. So we're broadcasting here from Radio America. So that's why the simulcast may look a little different. But other than that, everything's the same. And then tomorrow I'm back in Dallas. Okay, so first off, the State of the Union. The State of the Union is, well, I don't know. It doesn't, it's not well. It's not very well. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm, when she says, when KJP, and this is what she said yesterday, that the president is heavily engaged in the writing process has he actually written a speech before? Is this going to be another plagiar, plagiarism scandal? I'm curious because, you know, he got in trouble a couple of times for plagiarism. I mean, he's 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 had to apologize mid-campaign because of, because of plagiarism. So I'm just curious as to what his speech is going to sound like. He's going to we're going to be subjected to an hour of him squinting at everyone in on the floor and in the gallery and at home watching through their televisions. He's going to be squinting at the cameras for I don't know how long. So it'll be, it's going to be very interesting. Now, 
I was sort of wondering, now I know, but going into this, I was wondering what sort of approach he was going to take to this whole, his speech. Like, what is it? Because he can't really talk about foreign policy. He can't, re- I mean, because you can't get into that. He can't touch on the Chinese balloon, can he? I mean, is he going to sit here and bring up the debunked ridiculousness that we talked about yesterday with all these spy balloons that came through during the Trump administration? Is he going to focus on domestic issues? What's he going to talk about? Believe it or not, it seems like he's going to make a go of trying to sell you on how good the economy is doing. Not even kidding. In fact, it's the speech isn't isn't out yet. Sometimes they'll give out excerpts. They'll send out an embargoed speech, you know, shortly before the address. Uh, they also, you know, sometimes they, you know, they they'll they'll release it usually in full shortly before uh, the the speech starts. But he's going to talk about the economy and how optimis- how optimistic he is how optimistic he is with all of this and how every it's actually great. And then he's going to say that it's Republicans really ultimately that are trying to cut social security and Medicare. And I just, that's, that's absolutely antithetical to what Kevin McCarthy said on the floor yesterday, which is that they're not cutting social. I don't know where they're getting this talking point. I, I, I don't know where they're getting this talking point at from at all whatsoever. That's not anything that Republicans have put forward. I mean, I have my own thoughts on medi- on Social Security. I think Republicans are terrified to talk about it, especially anywhere near an election or around a State of the Union address or anything like that. I mean, for the love of all things holy, let's privatize it, please. But, I mean, they've already been pushing this talking point to try to give Biden an assist. In fact, one of his White House uh, economic advisors was saying that, quote, on average, American households are in a better position than they were before the pandemic hit. Uh, I don't know. Not quite sure about all that. Nobody believes that. Nobody believes it. Audio soundbite. We got a couple of sound bites here. Let me look over this. And I don't have my four and a half foot wide gaming screen in front of me. So, you know, you'll have to, well, well, I feel like I'm slumming it with my MacBook, my evil MacBook. But whether or not, because he's going to hit, he's going to hit that. He's going to hit Medicare. He's going to hit entitlements. He is going to also slam billionaires uh, for taxation. So it's going to be heavy on trying to reset economic expectations with essentially a Marxist speech. So there's going to be a lot of that tonight. A lot of that tonight. That's going to be fun. But they've really been pushing. They've been pushing this. So we'll see. Matt, you know, audio sound by 22. This is Chuck Schumer. Uh, when he was discussing Republicans cutting wokery, uh, etc., things like this. Listen to this. The only thing we hear is a lot of rhetoric. One member says they want to cut the woke agenda. What's that? What cuts does that mean? Some say the woke military agenda. I don't even know what the heck they're talking about. He doesn't know what they're talking about? And of course he knows what they're talking about. Everybody knows what they're talking about. 
And they're actually, we had the headline yesterday that, uh, what was it, the CRT DEI cottage industry, they're actually starting to see job cuts, which is pretty fascinating. Uh, we're going to get into more of this, but this is going to be the setup for the State of the Union tonight. This is going to be the setup for this going into the address tonight, and we're going we're gonna to talk all about this. So this as well uh, some of the guests, I was telling you that they're making this very, well, they always did. There's a lot of theater. Paul Pelosi is going to be in the first lady's box tonight. And when I was looking at the statement that the white house had sent out, they actually put in Paul Pelosi was attacked. They're framing this still, even though we know everything that we know, they're framing this as he was attacked by some crazy right winger, MAGA, whatever, which we all know is so not even remotely true. The guy, I mean, I mean, I don't know how many right wing MAGA folks have uh, the pride flags in their yard and BLM flags in their yard and the fist of resistance flags in their yard, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know how many people have that, but it's it, that's he's not a right winger. Anyway, the way that it was presented in the uh, statement that the first lady sent out is that this is, uh, you know, Paul Pelosi, a victim of the right wing. And they were and when he was attacked, uh, the phrase uh, where's Nancy, which was also the which was also chanted by those who stormed the Capitol during the January 6th insur insurrection. That was verbatim what they had in the statement that they released when they were announcing the guest list. Which that was kind of, they're really pushing that. So they have a whole host of people that they have in the first lady's box. That's the special guests for the president and first lady. Bono's expected to be there because of charity work or something. I don't know. Uh, a number of other individuals are going to be there as well in the box, including because I, I think that they're going to highlight abortion, too. And I can tell some of what they're going to be highlighting. And we're going to go through some of what you the other things that you can expect. They're having a woman sit in the box. She's from Austin, Texas, and she was having a miscarriage. And she the argue that they were they used her situation to say that Texas's restrictive uh, abortion laws uh, resulted in her almost dying of sepsis because of this, because doctors were afraid to do anything, which is, that's an absolute lie because Texas law expressly written, provided regardless of the life of the baby for the, to save the mother's life. That was already codified in Texas law. So I don't, I, I don't know why it sounded like, I mean, it's incompetent doctors and their inability to apparently understand what their damn state law is. It has nothing to do with any kind of restrictive whatever. But they're going to pretend that you don't know what Texas law is or that you don't know that that was expressly included. So there was no reason at all whatsoever for this, that it seemed like doctor incompetency than anything else. They're going to try to use that as like a Roe v. Wade thing. So you can expect them to hit that as well. They're going to hit that. The mother of Tyree Nichols, uh, she's going to be there, as well as the guy who stopped the uh, killer in Monterey. Uh, the guy who went to the ballroom on Chinese New Year and and uh, was attacking people at the ballroom. So he's going to hit some anti-gun stuff, the anti-Second Amendment, uh, as is typical of you know what he talks about whenever he gets on that issue. Uh, Tyree Nichols, I'm curious to see what he talks about with regards to policing. Uh, but those are some of the people that they're going to have in the box tonight. Now, I read that, <laughs> I read that, Thomas Massey, Congressman 
Congressman Massey is going to wear a ticking debt clock to the State of the Union. Now, I was hoping that he would be doing it Flava Flav style, but apparently it's a lapel debt clock tracking the real time. He's got it. And I saw, I was really hoping for like a chain and like a giant, you know, Flava Flav kind of watch face, hoping that he'd like take it back 80s style. So he's, he's going to be wearing that. So that should be interesting. It calculates the country's debt in real time and it uses an algorithm that he designed to do it. So he's wearing his, I God love him. He's wearing his nerd pin on his jacket. I think it's so cool, but you know, it's a good thing. The number is astronomical. I'm not going to saddle you with that depression this early in the day. All right. So we have a lot to get into because also while all of this was happening, while we're planning to talk about and get into what we can expect with the State of the Union. There was an insurrection in Oklahoma. I don't know if you saw this, but Trans Tifa jumped in to the Oklahoma Capitol building to fit to physically fight GOP bills that are banning mutilation for minors who cannot engage in informed consent. Very simple. We're going to talk about that as well coming up. We also have Congressman Chip Roy and Scott Smith. Do you remember Scott Smith? They're coming up at the bottom of the hour, this first hour. Scott Smith is the Loudoun County father who was arrested. Remember this? The whole school where you heard about a teenage girl who was who was raped in the bathroom by a male student who identified as a female student. And he raped, took advantage of having access to the female bathrooms. And he raped the female student, minor, in the bathroom. And they lied to the dad. And when he was outraged that not only did they lie to him, they were trying to hide what was done to his daughter. He was outraged, yelled at the principal, and he was arrested. He's joining me along with Congressman Chip Roy because he is the congressman's guest today. So we have all of that and more. We have a packed show Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Okay, so apparently Asha Hutchinson is eyeing April for a 2024 decision. Is everybody now going to do this? Like, we have so many people who are getting involved. Now, I'm not hating on it because I love the fact that there are so many people that are getting involved in this and that we have we have such a crazy amount of people on the bench. But at the same time, like, we need everybody to kind of slow their roll just a little bitty bit. You know what I mean? Just because it's starting to get nuts. But anyway, this was something that came out this morning. He's apparently going to make his decision on whether or not he's going to run. Now, you remember Asha Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas. He's going to make the decision uh, by April, apparently. So 
This is a headline cracking me up. Unhappy marriages are better for your health than being single or divorced, according to scientists. People who live with a spouse are less likely to have blood sh- high blood sugar levels. Researchers believe that couples influence each other's behavior, such as diet and more. So it doesn't matter how harmonious or acrimonious the relationship is, according to research. Uh, they said that even an unhappy... That's kind of... It's kind of shocking. Also, I'm wondering what the stress levels would be in other areas. Ron DeSantis's $12 million plan to fly more illegal entrants out of Florida. Now he's getting criticism because the governor's trying to expand a program that saw him fly 50 Venezuelans, which, by the way, is 50 fewer than what Biden has been flying in jets for months, and no one has said a single thing about that, the administration's program there. But when he sent 50 illegal interns to Martha's Vineyard last year, and everybody got really, really mad, and then within a day, the guard was there, and they were all gone, uh, now he wants to fly more illegal entrants out of Florida. And it's understandable, because governors should have the right to be able to defend the taxpayer-supported uh, sub- resources from Floridians, so... But uh, here, people are, they're criticizing him, saying it's me. But it was not mean when Martha's Vineyard called in, the, called in the guard. Although you can't call in the guard at the southern border. You can only do it if you're in Martha's Vineyard, apparently. Uh, this, this is the weirdest headline. I saw this late last night. I was already in a goofy mood. The headline is this. Texas lawyer shot in the face by Dick Cheney in a hunting accident has passed away at age 95. Harry Whittington, the Texas attorney and prominent state GOP power broker who was shot in the face two decades ago by then-Vice President Dick Cheney, has passed away at 95 years of age. His wife confirmed it to the New York Times that his her husband went peacefully at home Saturday following a short illness. And he was a longtime Austin-based lawyer. I remember that whole headline. That was. Can you imagine that that's the thing that you're probably most famous for nationally? It's like when you, that, oh, it's, what did he do? He's a lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. But he was also shot in the face by Dick Cheney. So there's, you know, there's that. Uh, also, the most unpopular parenting opinion, people were saying a mother sparked furious debate, revealing she doesn't let her kids go to sleepovers because they're unsafe. I didn't when my kids were younger. I waited until they got older. Coming up next, Congressman Chip Roy and Loudoun County dad, Scott Smith. You don't want to miss this. Friends, 2022 is history. Have you thought about what you'll do in 2023? How you will make it better than last year? Every new year is a new opportunity, so I have a great way for you to make the most of this one. This year, resolve to become a better educated American. And the good folks at Hillsdale College have made their amazing online courses free for all who wish to learn. And my challenge to you is just take one of their fantastic courses. You can discover the beauty of the Bible in the Genesis story, or study the writings of C.S. Lewis, or explore the true meaning of America in Constitution 101. There are many more to choose from, and all these self-paced free courses feature Hillsdale faculty and scholars. Visit Dana4FORHillsdale.com and pick one of more than 30 free Hillsdale courses. I hope you'll accept my challenge and resolve to be a more educated American in 2023. Pick whichever course you like at Dana4Hillsdale.com and start your free online course today. That's Dana4FORHillsdale.com. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. It's not great. I mean, people are worried. Every breakfast, people used to have eggs and think it was no big deal, just some protein. Now it's almost a specialty because the price is so high. I mean, they're worried about the fuel. They're worried about their jobs as they go. They see inflation time after again. And then when you look at the latest polling, they're worried about their government. 
Well, that's true. And that is, that's Kevin McCarthy, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who is just telling people ahead of the State of the Union what they can actually expect. And it isn't, the State of the Union isn't well. It's, I mean, as you can tell, he gave the example of just eggs, and that might seem silly to some, but for people who struggle to afford, if you're struggling to afford or your jaw's hitting the ground at the price increase of something as small as that, I mean, it seems small. But if it's that consequential, I mean, that kind of gives you a measure of how rough everything else is. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. And in moments, because I'm broadcasting today from D.C., we're at Radio America, the studios in D.C., and I'm going to be attending the State of the Union tonight as a guest of my congressperson, Beth Van Dyne, and another Texas congressman. Chip Roy is going to be joining us here shortly. He's actually on the, he's doing his job. He's representing the people of Texas and he's just, as I understand it, getting seated. He's been voting. He's obviously going to be at the State of the Union tonight. And as I understand it, the guest that he has with him is a family that has been in the news for things you don't want to be in the news for. Your, your kids are your heart and soul. And when you are made powerless, by your government and powerless by your school system that you pay your tax dollars into, that you're told your kids are going to be fine in. And when something happens to one of your children and it seems that the school not only sanctions it, but, but tries to hide it, you really feel powerless as a parent to protect your children. And that's ultimately what this huge fight has been about. I doubt that's going to be mentioned tonight at the State of the Union. And I'm glad Congressman Chip Roy, who is joining us now, uh, audio via Skype is talking about this. And with him, Scott Smith, who is the father of a teenager whose his family made headlines. His daughter was sexually assaulted in one of Loudoun County's schools. And you all remember the story that came after uh, how the school seemingly fought him to get give them information. And he, w- he ended up being the one who was put into handcuffs, and they join us both, audio via Skype. Now, first, Congressman, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, and uh, to Mr. Smith as well. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Congressman, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, you're, you're preparing for the State of the Union tonight, and I know that guests say a lot. And as I understand it, uh, Mr. Smith is your guest this evening. Tell me why you made that choice. Yeah, thanks. Good to be on, Dana. I hope I get to see you while you're here in the swamp. Uh, but I know you and I both would prefer to be back in Texas. Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here from uh, uh, with my friend Scott Smith. Uh, we've gotten to know each other pretty well since about 18 months ago. I reached out to him when the news had broken about what had occurred in Loudoun County. Now, side note, I'm a proud Texan, family since the 1850s. But I was displaced. I actually grew up in Loudoun County. I took my SATs in schools that are right down the road from where Scott and his family lived and where they had to experience this unfortunate and, frankly, um, completely unacceptable uh, attack on their family. So I reached out to Scott because I didn't want to talk about his family or his daughter without talking to, uh, to him before I was going after Merrick Garland. Uh, Scott was happy to have me go after Merrick Garland, so I did. And so we've uh, become friends, and, and I've been following his family. and want to support them. And, and here's the message heading into the State of the Union. We don't need a federal government that is weaponized against the American people. And that's what we have right now. That's we true. have an FBI that wanted to turn Scott Smith into a domestic terrorist, put him on a list because he dared to go to a school board meeting, challenge that school board for what had happened to his daughter. Look, I think Scott is a saint. 
God forbid, the school board that I went to go talk to after something like that happened. I think Scott handled himself well, and yet he's the one that ended up on the floor, bloodied him with handcuffs. So I wanted Scott to be here with me. I want uh, Joe Biden to have to know that Scott is there and to know that it was the Joe Biden FBI that wanted to turn Scott into a domestic terrorist for simply wanting to protect his daughter. That's an excellent point. And, and Scott Smith there with Congressman Chip Roy going to, attending the State of the Union tonight. Uh, and Mr. Smith, we've prayed for your family, and I, 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 our hearts broke, and we were all outraged for you. I think a lot of us wanted to go right there with you to that school board meeting. Uh, we watched the video. We've read the stories. I cannot, I, uh, most families cannot even fathom enduring what your family has endured. And to, to, to see you are the one who has been punished because you're trying to protect your child. Talk to me about what your fight has been like, just simply to do your, to fulfill your role as a dad. It's been a long 18 month fight. Um, you know, what we found was is that nobody was doing their jobs correctly. And in order to get justice for not just my family and my daughter, but all the other kids across America, we had to step into that role and start doing other people's jobs for them. And ever since then, we haven't stopped. My wife and I spend every day trying to figure out how to protect our children. Again, not just ours, but everyone's. And what's most important to me, and I really appreciate having Chip invite me, is I want to be the lightning rod to all moms and dads across America that you need to stand up and protect the children and, you know, get the government out of our lives and, you know, stop indoctrinating our children. And I just want to be, you know, you know, the, the person to, to tell the moms and dads, don't be afraid, stand up. There's good people that will surround you and protect you. Yes. We have to do this as, as, as a whole. It can't just be a few. And, and to that point, and, and that's Scott Smith, who's, whose daughter, and for those who, who are familiar with the story, I think most everyone is, uh, and there were a lot of details with it, his daughter was uh, sexually assaulted at a Loudoun County school bathroom and from what I understand, and this is what you know, was, what parents were trying to uncover at these school board meetings. It didn't seem like the school was very forthcoming. You know, if you have a male student who says that they identify as female, then they can have access to those spaces. And it makes, I, I mean, we went through this. We had a family member, a cousin of mine. We went through this, uh, a school in, you know, southern Missouri. We went through this very thing. Um, and it, it did not have, obviously, your outcome to where you were. If, you know, you're in, no, nobody in my family was in cuffs and on the floor bleeding, as the congressman was saying. Uh, but this this policy, there there were accusations that uh, the school board and the, the board of supervisors, they were slow to act. They weren't forthcoming with information. I know that, uh, I mean, you really had to fight just to get some basic information as to how this attack was even allowed to happen, not just once, but twice. Have they been, Mr. Smith, and then I'm going to go back to you, Congressman, have they, have, has the school finally decided that they want to be a little bit more forthcoming in, in with this information leading up to, to explaining how this happened? Not one bit. If anything, it's just more of the same. They fought the special grand jury investigation tooth and nail to the very end. They tried to shut it down several times. Uh, thank God they weren't successful with that. And the special grand jury was able to finish, and the report was scathing across you know all agencies. Mm. Um, you know we're still fighting with them to try to get. You know they did an invest, uh, independent investigation of what had happened, 
and you know all the parents are trying to get that released uh, with no avail. That's so. I, and Congressman, this is something that you've because obviously now this is where uh, you know the elected uh, representatives of of these taxpayers that are that seem to hit a brick wall when they're trying to protect their kid. Now they look to members of Congress because these policies, and then of course the DOJ, as you mentioned, their response, because after a video went of Mr. Smith being arrested and everything that his family went through, you saw so many parents going to school boards demanding you know, transparency with these policies only to be told that, find out later, that they're actually being cross-referenced as domestic terrorists by our own yep. Department of Justice. So how can we stop that? You you mentioned the weaponization of government. How do we stop this? Because, I, I mean, this is the fact that, that this can happen in America in this age is insane to me. All right. Well, first of all, you got to have uh, parents like Scott and his family stand up. Uh, we saw what happened in Loudoun County because he spoke up. The superintendent's been removed. I think that's correct. The yep. superintendent's gone. The Commonwealth's attorney has been pulled off the case. Uh, and that's as it should be. Secondly, you got to go up to the show up to the polls with the right message. Uh, Glenn Youngkin wanted Virginia on the back of parents who were sick and tired of what were happening to their kids. Number three, you got to have Republicans who actually grow as fine, stand up, and do the things they said they would do. It's not enough to come in here and have a bunch of fancy hearings. Yeah. It's not enough to be able to call a few witnesses. We need to have the Judiciary Committee, the Weaponization Committee, be having a little bit of not just the Department of Justice. Yeah. I want to go after the CDC for the list that they're now keeping on whether or not you've been vaccinated. I want to know what the NIH knew and when they knew it. I want to know what the Department of Homeland Security knew, for example, about the uh, agents they accused of whipping Haitian migrants, which was a lie. I want to know what the intel communities know about you and me. I want to know what ATF knows about uh, pistol braces and about a list they're keeping about what weapons I own and keeping databases. I want to know why we're paying money out of our taxpayer dollars for a federal government to be targeting you and me, Dana, and Scott Smith. That's what this is about. That's why Scott is with me today at the uh, State of the Union. And that's what we need to see out of our Republicans in Washington. Um, Mr. Smith, I'll, I'll give you the last word on this because it's doubtful. You weren't invited to the president's box. You're not going to be sitting up there with the first lady and Bono, I heard, who's attending this evening. What would you like the president to know? What, if, you could, if you could have a message, if you could say something to the president, what would you say to him? Well, the first thing I would say is, Mr. Biden, you need to secure the border. You know, we don't have a country without secure borders. And now we see that with our airspace, too. You know, he's not, he's not protecting our country. We, we need our borders secure immediately. And then the next thing I would say is, is just simply you need to stay out of our parenting rights. You know, leave parenting to the kids. We don't want the institutions and the governments to take over. That's wrong. There you go. Scott Smith, God love you. I so appreciate your fight on this and your willingness to do everything that you possibly can, not only to protect your family, but also to help raise awareness as to how other families can protect their kids as well. You really helped create a firestorm movement in this country. And Congressman Chiproy, God love you for bringing Mr. Smith to this yeah. tonight. This needs yeah. so much attention. Absolutely, Dana. One last point. This debt ceiling fight is all connected to it. We need to stop funding the very weaponized government that is going after us. We can return it to pre-COVID levels and we can save $3 trillion. That's going to be a part of this fight. So God bless you and thank you for covering this. Amazing point. Thank you so much, Congressman Chiproy and Scott Smith. Thank you both. Appreciate you.
Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Resolve now to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. The Patriot Mobile 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. I mean, two things. One, giving a speech that uh, even if it's 40 million people watch it, which is less than the Super Bowl, but still that's a huge number of people. That's a big opportunity for any president. It's the biggest speech of the year any president gives. But what he needs to do is tell a story. Joe Biden is an amazing storyteller. Oh, we know that. You sit in the Oval Office, Crane can tell you, and he can storytell for six hours. He can storytell for six hours. Who doesn't love the story of Corn Pop or the Freddy Krueger janitor in the pool's basement where those kids pet his leg hair and the Freddy Krueger janitor in the basement of the pool that he used to work at when he went down there and he cut him a chain so he could go and whoop Corn Pop out in the parking lot. Y'all remember that? Remember that story? That's probably my favorite. Or about all the times that he wrote Amtrak, which never happened apparently later. Some debunked that or the time that he drove a tractor trailer that was also debunked i mean he's a good storyteller but whether or not the stories are true is the question welcome back to the program dana lash here with you broadcasting from radio america studios in washington dc i'm attending the state of the union address tonight my first time ever probably my last uh, as a guest of uh my congresswoman beth van dyne and this is going to be interesting there's going to be it's it's there's like a whole protocol that you got to do. And we'll talk about that coming up. There's like a whole thing like you can't have any electronic anything, you know, all kinds of stuff. And Bono's going to be there for some. He's like a charity. He does charitable work. I'm looking at Steve. So usually Steve, I can only hear in my ear. Now he's behind the big, you know, the requisite studio glass so I can see his his eyes up. Uh, but Bono's going to be there. He's sitting in the first lady's box. And I just, I don't know. There's going to be a whole, I don't know. You never know who's going to show up. Perry Farrell, not Perry Farrell, the lady who looks like Perry Farrell. She's the congresswoman. I never, you know what? Hang on. Let me Google this. Congresswoman who looks like Perry Farrell. You guys know him from Jane's Addiction? I cannot even believe that it actually comes up. It's hysterical. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, a congresswoman. She actually dresses kind of cool. I don't dislike her, but anyway. I'll find I'll 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 Google this because it's not one to pull up right now. All right. So here's a couple of other things I got for you. Did you guys read? This was in Austin, Texas, apparently or near Austin. It was a FedEx cargo plane that was landing at Austin International Airport, and it came within less than 100 feet of a Southwest 737. And there was apparently on January 13th, a very similar near miss of almost the exact same situation. 
Now, aviation experts are asking, how are we having these near misses, especially on the runways of two major American airports at Austin, Bergstrom International, and then in New York? How is this happening? You would think that that would be a question if we had only like a department of things that had to do with transporting stuff and we had like a secretary of that, you know, a transportation secretary. It's almost like our, our actual, it's like Pete Buttigieg could answer this question. But that's apparently not what the Department of Transportation is about. The Department of Transportation is only about climate change, being gay and bridges. That's it. That's, that's the Department of Transportation. But I do actually have questions. And I'm wondering, too, you know, this was on the heels of some of those health requirements kind of reduced for pilots. We had that story like a couple, you know, like a couple of weeks ago. I'm wonder. I feel like this is all still fallout from everybody being grounded for so long during lockdown. It's troubling. They should answer about it. We have second hour on the way. You don't want to miss broadcasting from D.C. Dana Lash back after this. Night in his State of the Union, Joe Biden must answer for his failed leadership, whether it's the border crisis continuing to rage at our southern border, crushing inflation and over $30 trillion in national debt, or a balloon from communist China entering into the United States sovereign airspace. Joe Biden has caused a crisis in America. Mm. So that's Elise Stefanik, and she was asking for the president to reference to to discuss or say anything about the spy balloon that floated across the country and ended up now, apparently, Steve and I were talking about this on break. It's a, They got the uh, wreckage. It's in Quantico now. Pictures are actually kind of interesting. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. And folks, you can listen to this program from sea to shining sea in an affiliate a market near you, a city near you, in your state. You can also watch a simulcast, uh, which is available on YouTube and the... Uh, well, my official Facebook page, as well as through the first DirecTV channel 349. And we're here at the Radio America studios. I'm attending the State of the Union address tonight. I'll be back in Dallas tomorrow, but attending tonight. Now, apparently, it almost kind of sounds as though this was something that was included kind of last minute. Uh, it sounded the way that the talk around any reference to the spy balloon, it sounds as though it wasn't maybe a, a, a first consideration. But apparently officials are saying that he's going, the president is going to reference the spy flights briefly in the address tonight. I'm, I'm not quite sure how he's going to work that in there, but he, I, it almost seems like he can't avoid it. And this is a, it's a major issue. He's got to address it. Now, the things that we know, like I said, we were last hour before we went to break. We know what he's going to talk about because you can always use whoever's going to be in the box with the first lady as your gauge as to what he's going to discuss. So if you look at the guest list, which we've been discussing, if you look at the guest list for this, uh, you can, you really do, you know, Paul Pelosi is going to be there. So you know that there's going to be some sort of insurrection, though, especially the way when the White House released their statement as to who they're going to have. They mentioned with Paul Pelosi that, oh, he was attacked and they try to make this David DePape guy sound like this crazy right winger when he was actually, from what I understand, he didn't think that the Pelosi's were socialist enough. He had the BLM flag and all this other stuff, you know, uh, the this. Uh, 
propaganda hanging all around his property. So the flag, everything else. So Paul Pelosi is going to be there. They also have, and I mentioned this, you know, they're going to hit abortion. You know, he's going to hit abortion hard. He's going to hit abortion hard because Democrats believe that that helped them last election when ultimately it wasn't really abortion that did it. It was split ticket voting and it didn't really have to do. I mean, in in blue states, it if that's your if you know your your base is, you know, a, a longtime Democrat voter that might motivate you. But that wasn't a huge motivator for a lot of independents and a lot of people who just kind of consider themselves sort of in the middle, whatever the middle is anymore. It didn't that wasn't a factor because a lot of people understand how the human body works and they realize that, you know, a lot of the gaslighting that they heard just wasn't scientifically accurate. So they have this one couple who's coming in from from Austin, Texas, and I live in Texas, so I know what Texas laws are, but they have this couple that are that are coming in from Texas. And this is how I know they're going to hit abortion. Because that's what their story is about. They, she was, the woman was 18 weeks when her water broke and they had been trying to add to their family for over a year. And the White House, according to their press release, it said the doctors were unable to intervene or help her because they were concerned that providing the treatment she needed would violate the Texas abortion ban, which prohibits abortion care unless a woman's life is in danger. She was sent home with instructions to come back if she developed signs of a life-threatening infection, which she did. Three days later, they said that she developed sepsis and nearly died as a result of it, uh, and that she still, to this day, suffers these has medical complications as a result of this now i haven't i mean this it if the story doesn't sound right to you it's because it 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 doesn't it's there's something there is something wrong here and there's something wrong here is that it it seems as though this was an issue of of honestly incompetent doctors and not an issue with any kind of abortion restrictions because texas abortion law actually expressly protects the life of the mother in in these circumstances i mean i literally went it's on this thing called the internet and you can go to the internet and you can pull up state statutes of current of your current law and you can actually read it it's really crazy how this happened but she she and then the couple did all this pro-abortion stuff where they were talking about ectopic pregnancies and everything else I just I don't see how any kind of law is is the culprit here because it sounds like, you know, if they were worried about her pregnancy, why weren't doctors monitoring her condition more closely? Why wasn't the medical center monitoring her condition more closely? I mean, what I mean, why why did a why would you send someone home when they are? getting a life-threatening infection and it is a non-viable at that point it is a non-viable pregnancy that is not that does not have anything to do with the quote-unquote texas's abortion law that's medical incompetency period the end texas law does not prohibit acting in that instance that is in absolute misinformation it's a lie it's not even misinformation that's polite it is a lie and you hate to see that people go through this, but you also hate to see things twisted and, and presented falsely as a way to cause more harm. So you know that they're going to hit abortion in this thing, in the, in the address tonight, by going, just by going on who's going to be in the box 
with the first lady. Now, you, you have the ambassador, Oksana Marikova of Ukraine is a guest. This was uh, the ambassador for Ukraine was a guest last year also. So that ambassador is going to be a guest again this year. Bono is going to be there. He's apparently representing the topic of HIV AIDS and relief programs. They had, remember, he did this thing called PEPFAR. It's a, it was a program that he launched with George W. Bush. And he and George W. Bush did a lot of work with uh, HIV AIDS and uh, raising, you know, uh, funds for treatment in underdeveloped nations, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know, I guess, I guess Biden, you know, because he's writing his own speech, apparently, according to KJP, which we all know probably means a lot of plagiarizing. So it seems like he's going to also try to claim that as his he's going to try to take that and make that his program. I I bet you that's how he's going to present it. I don't know why, because it's weird. That was it's just weird that that's how I don't know. Uh, But also, let's see, there's uh, Tyree Nichols's mother is going to be in attendance. And that's and I believe she's sitting and she's in the first lady's box as well. So there's going to there's going to be discussion on that. There's going to be the uh, the gentleman who stopped the murderer that this took place over uh, Chinese New Year when you had the guy who went into the uh, ballroom where you had people who were celebrating Chinese New Year It was Monterey, California, and he opened fire. And the individual who stopped him and disarmed him is going to be a guest in the first lady's box as well. So, you know, they're going to, they're going to talk about firearms and I'm sure he's going to talk. He'll reiterate and he'll get into an assault weapons ban that pretty much you can bet on. Uh, so there's, there's it's, and then he's going to hit, try to gaslight everyone into thinking that the economy is great, apparently, which it's not. And I go, I can tell this from some of the stuff we're hearing, some of the, the sound bites from Brian Deese. And I wanted to play audio soundbite seven. This was yesterday afternoon. And this is pretty much, I think, the perspective that the president is going to have tonight when he talks about the economy in his address. Listen to this. You just uh, said it's actually consistent. So about two thirds of Americans say that their uh, their circumstances are better than uh, uh, than before. Say it either way. Um, uh, And I think that, uh, that it is the case that if you look at the kind of key measures of um, basic economic security. Uh, do I have health insurance? Do I have $400 in the bank um, in case my car breaks down or I have another emergency expense? Am I um, late or delinquent on a credit card bill? Am I facing foreclosure? If you look at all of those measures, they, um, on average, American households are in a better position than they were before the pandemic. Oh, by those measures? Seriously? Because nobody has anything in the bank. I had the story with you how people are tapping into their 401ks yesterday in order to cover costs because of the hidden tax of inflation. People are not doing better. Not by a long shot. But that's... And then, of course, you know you're going to hear this. Audio soundbite six. This is Brian Deese just trying out these talking points before Biden. I think that as we look back, the... um, the principal drivers of inflation have been the pandemic globally um, and subsequent shocks to the system, the most significant of which was uh, uh, the war uh, in Ukraine. Not to diminish the severity of either of those two things, but it's immaterial to the cause of inflation. Right when Biden got into office, he passed a trillion dollar spending package. Now, you've got to print money. You got, And then they, they say that they're going to double the size of the IRS. When you are spending this much money and you're not cutting 
excessive spending elsewhere to offset the new spending. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, this is economics 101. I mean, my gosh, you don't even have to take a college course on this. This is just basic high school, how your economy works in your republic. That kicked off inflation. And it didn't have anything to do with the war in Ukraine, which, by the way, like pre, it, it, it was building up before then. It didn't have any, in the pandemic, our economy was, was coming out of the pandemic pretty well, as well as an economy that should have never been shut down can do. But we were crawling out of that pandemic. It would have been a lot worse if we had not had a strong economy going into it. But then we get this administration, people who can't do math and don't and have a real problem with financial illiteracy. And boom, now it's it's horrific. And they want to blame everything but the very spending and the very policies which you can pinpoint and measure. You can look. We've talked about that. And see exactly when this was passed, when it was implemented, and when inflation really started roaring. I mean, it's not hidden. So he's going to gaslight people. Now, I'm wondering, too, if they're going to say anything about the, you know, with foreign policy. I know he's probably, he said, briefly going to mention the spy balloon. I'm curious as if he's going to say about what he's going to what if he's going to get into anything with China coming up we're going to tell you because you have our government which is warning people about TikTok and then just yesterday during the White House press b- briefing KJP was telling everyone well we the National Security Council sent out uh, information about our response regarding intrusive surveillance on TikTok which is one of the most oxymoronic things I've ever heard we're going to talk about that coming up as well i also have some wokery for you too that you don't want to miss And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Okay, a couple of things here. I hate Google Docs. I hate Google Docs when it freezes and I can't open anything, like the situation right now. So, as I told you, we're broadcasting here from uh, D.C., Radio America Studios, and going to be attending the State of the Union address tonight. And we were just, we had that the president is apparently going to actually reference the... Chinese spy balloon in his speech tonight. So we'll be looking forward to that and get that for you. All right. So if I think it's now pulling up. I'm about to throw this computer across the studio. That's what's going to happen. All right. So first up, this is what we got. So what we have for you. Uh, this, oh, uh, I don't know what to put, think of this. This comes from Ohio. Apparently, police put a fake MLK quote on a police cruiser for Black History Month. I don't know how that happens. It said, be the peace you wish to see in the world. And it's attributed to Martin Luther King Jr. But apparently that's actually not a quote that he ever said or wrote. You do need to kind of like look this stuff up before you put it on a government vehicle. Just saying. Drinking two cans of beer glasses of wine per day may lower the chance of developing dementia, according to a major study. But the risk goes up with every sip beyond that. I don't hate that study. It's not scientific to me. I think that's not scientific. Uh, according to Washington Examiner, a new survey out shows that Americans are entirely unenthused about a Trump-Biden rematch. Oh, Democrats aren't. It's a Washington Post-ABC News poll, and it said more than 62% of Americans would be dissatisfied or angry if it was a Biden and Trump rematch. And it was, if Biden clinched the second term, it was 62% dissatisfied or angry and 56 percent dissatisfied or angry if it was trump so i don't know people i think i don't know think they want to see a rematch scientists have injected for some reason fish 
with alligator DNA to create mutant creatures that live longer. Millions of fish harvested across the world each year, half are killed due to diseases. So I guess this is normally they treat sick fish with antibiotics, but then they don't want antibiotic resistant bacteria. So now Auburn University, they're looking at fusing the DNA of two species so that they can have a little bit more resistant and longer living fish to eat. I don't know how I feel about that, though. I don't know. Uh, Also, Alec Baldwin. This is getting even more interesting. So the DA's witness list is full of crew members from that troubled Indy Western. They're going to be on the they're going to be testifying for the prosecution. Mm. We have a lot more on the way. Don't go anywhere. More of the Dana show back after this. Want a behind the scenes look at the Dana show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com. Air Force One, he seemed very definitive in making clear that he was the one who said explicitly, I want this to be shot down, the military leader suggested wait. Um, was that a reflection perhaps in frustration in terms of the political attacks you guys have gotten from Republicans who said this should have happened on the front end as opposed to the back end? Well, just a couple of things. I know there was a TikTok that went out to all of you uh, from the National Security Council that was pretty detailed on how everything kind of broke down for the past oh, week. a TikTok. Uh, and how things, uh, how things flowed. A TikTok. Welcome back to the program. Your flummoxed curmudgeon here. Dana Lash, bottom of our second hour. KJP yesterday. Well, they sent out a TikTok sharing information about our response. About intrusive surveillance. You sent out a TikTok about intrusive surveillance. TikTok. Just a reminder, TikTok created, founded with the CCP. I mean, I just think that that's a pretty oxymoronic thing to do. And I, it doesn't seem that ByteDance is the company that owns it. And ByteDance is a, is a, uh, it's a, they're a Chinese parent company, ByteDance. That's who TikTok is owned by. And their CEO is huge, huge CCP. I mean, in fact, everybody, every, I mean, it's a CC, you can't, be that high up in, 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 in the CCP and in Beijing and then n- launch a company and not have it be part and parcel of CCP. That's just not, that's how it works there. And that's why there's so many, in Texas, the governor of Texas is banning the use of TikTok for any kind of state administration, state business, et cetera, et cetera. It's the most downloaded app in the United States. Well, it was in 2018. I think it's actually still one of the top three most downloaded apps. And it's everywhere. There was an article in The Guardian that was published back in 2019. And it's actually really insightful. Where I think we talked, actually, I think we talked about this when it came out. But it, the article got into how any video on TikTok that mentioned Tiananmen Square or Tibetan independence or anything that is considered to be a sensitive topic in China is censored by Chinese authorities. And then, of course, India banned TikTok from India and all any territories back in 2020, along with like 200 something other Chinese apps, etc., because they've been fighting, they've been having a border dispute. We've talked about that before. People have raised health issues about, you know, for younger kids, addictions and influence and all this other stuff. And, you know, I, I, you know, I get it. It's, 
it is just really completely incomprehensible that the our government, the United States government, in the context of talking about intrusive surveillance, doesn't at all see the problem with sending out a TikTok. Oh, for the love. Doesn't see at all a problem. So that's, it's just really difficult to kind of take any of these people seriously on the issue of wanting to, you know, be really pushed back. And I get it that their CEO, like, oh, he, he did, he was at the, um, last year he went and talked to New York Times. It was like, yeah, we're going to keep everybody's data. He, um, it was Andrew Sorkin. And we're going to keep everybody's data safe, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, no, clearly. And they've been going on offense in Washington. So there's a lot of scrutiny on this, a lot of scrutiny on this, and there should be. I mean, I don't believe I don't believe any of these officials' uh, assurances on privacy or anything else because simply the way that the that the company operates, the differences in terms of how it operates, whether it's here in the United States or even in China, it's just there's there's so many questions. It's not the information is not safe. Like I said, everybody is freaking out over this spy balloon and you have a million spy balloons on everybody's phones. If you have TikTok, you have a million, you have your own little spy balloon just in a different form. Or if you use Zoom, you have a spy balloon on your laptop, on your computer, if you're using Zoom, same thing. I, I don't know if people just think that it doesn't affect them. Like I don't do, I mean, it's not like I do anything nefarious or anything that would in any way could be used as being compromising to the United States or anything else. You know, I mean, what are they going to, I watch all, all, all creatures great and small and I like anime and I play an ungodly amount of video games when I can. I just, we just like wrapped up Vermintide and now I'm like playing it as a different char- character and I'm powering her up. Anyway, long story short, there's nothing that they can use really. But that's not the point. It's not the point of you doing something that can be used. The point is all about behavior. Everything can be a psyop. That's the thing. Do you know what was interesting? When I, I, was, I, I put out a piece yesterday on my newsletter, on Substack, chapter and verse, and I wrote about this specific instance. I think I talked about it on air. There was a, I, I don't know who this person is. I, is. I think they're new. I don't know. Some, I guess, conservative. I don't know. And they had tweeted out in response to the Granny Awards. I'm saying Granny Awards, and I'm not going to change it. It's a verbal, not typo. It's on purpose, and it stays. But this person tweeted out, Russia will never allow satanic rituals to be broadcasted. And you don't have to say broadcasted. You can just say broadcast, by the way, uh, nationwide, because they're an Orthodox Christian nation. America, we have completely lost the plot. And I wrote, no, Russia would never allow the grannies' performances because they're a status nation run by commies with a body count and false virtue. I wouldn't describe the leadership of a country that imprisons and murders basic dissenters as one that's guided by Christian principles. I mean, even God gives free will where Putin doesn't. I mean, looking to them like there's some sort of guiding light on morality or ethics, that's completely losing the plot. And you don't change a nation with tyranny. But my point when I wrote about this is that the amount of bots that I have seen, oh, Russia's there, they've never been communist. Oh my gosh. 
What? They literally, that was the name of their party that they mentioned themselves. Okay. All these bots came out. If you do this with Russia, if you say it about China, all of a sudden, all of these brand new accounts with all these long numerical names come out and they try to fight with you about policy. It's all such a psyop. That's the whole point of, of these apps and, and, and that engagement is to influence behavior. And if they're really good at it, you don't even realize that your behavior is being influenced. It's a hell of a lot cheaper to get your enemy divided and make them fight each other than it is to bring your people to fight them. It's a lot easier. That's, it's a form of warfare. I think we're in a cold war with China. I think we're in a cold war with communism. I don't think we ever left it. But that's the whole point of this. It doesn't matter because I've 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 had friends tell me, Dana, it doesn't matter what I'm I'm doing. I mean, I'm just I don't do anything of importance that could be considered compromising. So it doesn't matter if I have TikTok. That's not the point, though. The point isn't whether or not you are doing something. The point is that you can be influenced by what you see others do and others say on that app and. It, you may not think that, that it works that way, but I guarantee you, if you get hit with a day in and day out, especially if you just aren't paying attention to it, it's a PSYOP. That is the danger. It is a PSYOP. And you have KJP standing out there saying, yeah, well, we used a PSYOP, uh, an application for uh, Chinese PSYOP, to uh, go ahead and give you our statement about intrusive surveillance. It's so ridiculous. To my point, though, of this tweet that I'd responded to and wrote a piece on separately on Substack. We'll talk more about that coming up because I just thought it was so interesting. I just, it's just never, ever looked to bad. There's, there's no, I just don't believe that a country that kills people for basic descent is one guided by Christian principles. We'll talk more about that. I want to get into a couple of other things though. In the meantime, we've been talking about what to expect from Biden's state of the union. We talked about that. Now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is giving the response, the GOP response tonight. That's going to be interesting. I think she's going to be used to, I think she'll be comfortable in giving the response. I don't think she's going to get dry mouth like Rubio did. I think she's going to be comfortable. Uh, But I also, she needs to turn up the charisma. Not that she's not, you know, not to say that she doesn't have any. I've met her in person and she's very engaging in person. But I know she likes to be very chill and just... When she's dealing, of course, that we saw her in her role as as press secretary for uh, for Trump. So I'm curious to see her charisma and how she comes across and her delivery for this address tonight. This is going to be her stepping out singularly on her own, out from Trump's shadow onto the national stage. She's already done that in Arkansas now, being elected governor, but now on the national stage, it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I have a couple of other uh, stories here, too. I've got some wokery, and then I have this story. This is a wild story, and it has to do with immigration. So this took place in Arizona. A 73-year-old man named George Allen Kelly was arrested for fatally shooting an illegal entrant, Gabriel Butimia, 48 years old, on his Arizona ranch on January 30th. Now, The 73-year-old rancher, like I said, he's been charged with murder. 
the 48-year-old Mexican national had a history of illegal crossings into the United States. Now, the Kelly's Ranch is legit right there on the border. You can see the border from his house. He is right there. His land, his property, everything right there. Now, authorities are investigating. They say that it doesn't seem like either of them knew one another. That this, uh, that this illegal entrant had a history of entering illegally. And he's been deported back to Mexico repeatedly. And so they're still uncovering what happened. A friend of Kelly's told local news there that Kelly and his wife, and they're an older couple, they're in their 70s, that they had issues with people on their property. And the friend says he believed Kelly acted in best faith. The person who was shot and killed, like I said, has this has a long history of illegal and multiple deportings, uh, entering the country illegally. And hours after, hours before, um, an entity, Nogales International, they said that Border Patrol agents had informed County Sheriff's Department of a possible active shooter. You know all this other stuff. It, it, it's it's just it's weird. the The story is odd. The ranch is in Keno Springs, Arizona. It's a mile, like, north of the border. So what they discovered, they, when they went to the property on January 30th, they discovered the body of Butemia, the illegal entrant, about 150 yards from Kelly's home. And it was just, it was one gunshot wound. And they identified him because he had a Mexican voter registration card. He was, you know, a resident of Mexico. And they said that, Deadly force, because they have Castle Doctor. Under Arizona law, deadly force is allowed on one's own property if you believe that it's immediately necessary. You know, if you, it, it, and there's a number of states that have that. And there's, they have Stand Your Ground, several other statutes as well. But the, the neighbor says that they have seen so many people crossing over illegally. They've seen drug activity, uh, all kinds of stuff. They're right there on the border. You know, they're one of, they're one of the, uh, there's a, a number of people who live right there on the border who have to deal with this day in and day out, and they're worried about their safety. Why should they have to leave their home and their land and move elsewhere? And you know what gets me too is a lot of people. This has nothing to do with whether or not someone's a Mexican national and someone's an American. This has to do with not honoring the law because a lot of the people who live by the at the border themselves are uh, Hispanic. Kelly's neighbor, Maria Castillo, says that they've seen tons of people illegally entering on her property, too, coming and going. Border Patrol, they are spread so thin, the federal government is given no support. And so now they're investigating this. I just, I'm trying to figure out how in the world the guy was, I, I want to know what led to this charge. So that's the, because, I mean, you're... And the wife is now scared because she's at home by herself. Her husband's in jail. She's at home by herself. And so she's terrified. He's being held at Santa Cruz County Jail. He goes back to court tomorrow. So was he acting to protect himself? Was it a self-defense? I mean, you're out on your land and someone is on your property you don't know. And you know that there's a history of illegal crossings and drug activity and everything else. I also would be like, I'm armed and I'm, I mean, it's a terrifying prospect this is what happens when the federal government doesn't do their job this is what happens when the administration doesn't take the border seriously if you want vigilantes this is exactly how you get vigilantes i'm not saying that this is a case of vigilantism but people have to protect themselves 
We'll talk more about this and also let you know any developments, too. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so I don't know what I think about this guy. Florida man concealed heroin in his buttocks. He was arrested with a kilo of meth, say deputies, in Okaloosa County. Officials with the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Department said a Crestview man is in custody after he was found with more than a kilo of methamphetamines where the sun don't shine. Timothy Holt, 49 years old, was arrested after deputies ex- executed a search warrant on a home in Wingard Street on Wingard Street. And before the warrant was carried out, deputies say they saw Holt pick up a package from the front porch of his home. Okay. All right. And then they found out that Holt had over a kilo of crystal meth. Deputies say that when they told Holt he would be arrested, he admitted that he had three and a half grams of heroin concealed in his rear wallet. I don't know. I'm so tired of saying buttocks, right? It, so according to the arrest report, he was charged with trafficking in meth. Never hide it there. Why do you think? You think that they're never going to find it? Why? third hour on the way you don't want to miss stick with us more the dana show back after this he's got a lot of things to tell why do you think that it has not penetrated the american public well these things don't sell themselves and it's one of the reasons i'm really looking forward to that that state of the union address Uh, i will say that there have been so many accomplishments under this administration it can be difficult to list them in a distilled way Oh my gosh, that is such a butt-kissy response. I almost can't even handle it. I have an overdose on butt-kiss saccharin right now. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gents. Your lovable, bemused curmudgeon, Dana Lash here. And you can listen to the radio program from sea to shining sea. Uh, We're broadcasting actually here from Radio America's headquarters, and that's why it looks different if you're watching the simulcast uh, on... Uh, the, on you, uh, Facebook page, YouTube, and the first direct TV channel, 349, all kinds of good stuff. So I'll be back in Dallas tomorrow. Tonight, I'm attending the State of the Union. Nobody looks forward to the actual State of the Union address. You go because you want to see the freakish behavior on the floor with lawmakers. You also want to see who's wearing what because some people just dress ridiculous and it's just fun to watch. It's just if you like to people watch, and everyone does, then it's kind of fun to watch that victorian freak show happen on the floor it's just very interesting it's like people who can't stand each other and want to cancel each other but yet we're going through the tradition of civility and so it'll be very interesting and i i'm going to be there in the gallery i've never been to one before Um, i tried to always avoid washington dc as much as possible you pretty much have to lure me out with like a new video game or m&ms or something like et and i'll follow them from texas and Find my way in D.C. Uh, but I'll be there tonight. And then, like I said, back in Dallas tomorrow. Pete Buttigieg, Secretary Mayor Newmom, Pothole Pete, says he's so excited. He's so looking forward because he's got so many accomplishments. We talked about this yesterday. I cannot get enough of the soundbite. And I cannot get enough of his staged, choreographed puppet hands. I can't. I can't get enough of it. But it's either between that soundbite or Jen Psaki saying that Biden is an amazing storyteller. I just, I don't, I don't know. 
I, I love all of it. We have that. What's that? What does that sound like? Jen Psaki. I mean, two things. Yeah. One, giving a speech that uh, e- even if it's 40 million people watch it, which is less than the Super Bowl, but still that's a huge number of people. That's a big opportunity for any president. It's the biggest speech of the year any president gives. But what he needs to do is tell a story. Joe Biden is an amazing storyteller. I mean, you sit in the Oval Office, Crane can tell you, and he can storytell for six hours. Yes, he can. He can storytell for six hours. Has anyone, sidebar, has anyone ever gone to the pool, the story that he talked about, the freakish Freddy Krueger dude cutting a chain in the basement of the pool? Did anyone ever actually go there just to confirm that, A, they had a basement? Because he said in the basement, right? He worked at a pool. They had a basement. I've never known. And I went, it was Springdale Pool in Fenton, Missouri. That was like the fancy one to go to when you were a kid. And Jefferson County, Missouri, that was the fancy pool to go to. And I would go with my friends. And we didn't have, like, we we had a cell phone that we could only use maybe if we were bit getting murdered because our parents, like, that they were outrageous. And it was the big one that you had. To, it's like it's like a transformer, pull out the antenna. Uh, we were there all day. We were there all day at Springdale Pool. Never a basement there. There was never a basement, and there was never any kind of Freddy Krueger. Maybe the basements are different in... Philly, you're from Philly. Sorry. Are they, they got basements in the pool, Steve? From where you? Tons of basements. You got like a Freddy Krueger dude down there just cutting chains randomly. I don't even know what you would need a chain for in a pool. Like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> there's a lot of basements because there's a lot of mountains in Pennsylvania. But in a pool? Not in a pool. So what I don't get, like, I wish somebody would go there and check that out and find that Freddy Krueger dude who's like, here's your big giant chain. Go whoop corn pop. Who's got a dirt? What did he have? Like a rusty knife or something out in the parking lot? That's my favorite story. Like I said last hour, it's not that he can't tell a great story. It's that he can't tell a truthful one. <laughs> That's the problem. And it may not even be his own. He may just plagiarize it for somebody else. We don't know. So what story is he going to tell tonight? We have no idea. It's going to be, I can't even, I can't even bring my phone in. So I can't take photos and I can't tweet sarcastic things. I am, my head's going to explode. It's going to. I'm going to chew my hands off in the gallery. That's what's going to happen. We do have the chat, though, tonight. I know, but I can't unless I, like, James Bonded on my watch. And then it's going to be really weird because I'm going to be holding my watch up to my face and being like, oh, my. It's going to be so much. It's going to be so much. So, I can't, yeah, Lorraine is. And thank you for reminding me. Lorraine is going to be hosting. She's our contributor. You see her work over at Substack Chapter and Verse. She's going to be hosting the official YouTube chat because folks like to, they want to watch it because they want to be entertained. And they also, you're not... Let's be real. You are not watching this to learn anything. Isn't that what these things are supposed to be about, too? You're supposed to have a State of the Union so you can hear about the State of the Union. Hence why it's called the State of the Union. You don't want to hear a campaign speech, and you don't want to hear a politician try to make himself look better by tearing down the other party. I mean, you can, Pete Buttigieg says he has all these accomplishments. I don't know what they are. Because all I ever hear is, but Marussia, an insurrection. Ooh, speaking of insurrection, hold up. Did you guys hear what happened uh, with the uh, Trans-Tifa? You, you didn't? Uh, so the what apparently what ended up happening, and this was in, I think, Oklahoma. I have this on the rundown. I have so many things on the rundown. Bear with me. I'm like scrolling through here. So what ended up happening is that there was uh, a bunch of uh, trans activists who stormed the Capitol, the Oklahoma Capitol. They, they, were, they stormed the building. I have been told, ladies and gentlemen, that that 
is an insurrection. It was described by the press as protesters gather inside the Capitol. They took over the Capitol. Protesters gather. Nope, nope, nope. That is an insurrection. I am shook. Are in right now. I'm shook. I feel as though the very soul of democracy is just now dissipating into the wind, into the ether, and we are now we are on a on on hell in a handbasket. That's where we're going because of this insurrection. I've been told this. I've been told. Now we're told. Oh, prote- protesters are gathering. Trans lives matter stormed and occupied the Oklahoma Capitol. That was last night, ten o'clock last night. And I was like prepping for the show and going to bed and trans Tifa were there storming the Capitol in Oklahoma. That's uh, pretty sure that is a, it's an insurrection. Speaking of insurrections, which you know, he's going to say, by the way, you know, he's going to say that word because Paul Pelosi's in the box. I don't know where I'm actually sitting. That's the other question. I just know I'm in the gallery. I don't know if I'm near. I'm probably, they're not going to have me anywhere. I'm the, one of the dirty unwashed masses. They're going to stick me in the back somewhere. But it is going to be interesting. They're going to mention that. So mm, they had, they all went, they were upset because there's, uh, the legislative session has begun and lawmakers in Oklahoma have pre-filed four bills that would ban mutilation of minors who can't engage in informed consent. I am not going to say gender affirming surgeries because that's not what it is. I mean, if you're, when, when you say gender affirming, I'm just like thinking that you're getting a sticker for, you know, you have a vagina, here's your star. That's, you know, seems like that's what gender affirming is. I don't, you don't affirm something by having it removed. I don't know. Right. Anyway, long story short, they have these bills that they've pre-filed and they're not going to allow people to inject kids with a ton of hormones and do surgery, unnecessary, medically unnecessary surgeries on kids. Because how is it informed consent? Here's the thing. The puberty blockers and all this stuff with hormones. Oh my gosh. People don't even know what's happening or what the long-term consequences of that, of that are going to be. Nothing makes me angrier. I just remember when I was younger, my aunts all talking about going into menopause and they were sitting here talking about like hormones and things that they were taking, et cetera, et cetera. And then some of them ended up getting health issues because of certain things that they were on. And some of them developed other health issues because of certain things that they had from all of that. And now doctors are like very apparently cautious about, you know, what they're giving and men too, uh, men and women as they age for all this stuff. And it's like, you were just pumping kids full of these things, not asking medically unnecessary, not asking any questions about what the long-term consequences are going to be. That is not informed consent. These kids are being used as sacrifices to affirm the vanity of these activists. That's what this issue is. So that's why they stormed into the Capitol. And they were trans Tifa. They were mad because how dare you not be able to do medically unnecessary surgery on a 12-year-old? What? I just, the whole thing is, is kind of... Is unbelievable, but that's an insurrection. It's not protesters gather. It is an insurrection. Oh my gosh, democracy's dead. It's what we've been told, but apparently that's not how they're treating it. Not at all. A couple of other things to make sure that we hit on. We've been talking about what to expect from tonight's State of the Union. It's not going to be the State of the Union. You you know that much. You know that much. 
Here's a, an interesting story. Listen to this. This is some wokery for you. Columbia University. A professor there has sued a wealthy banker's widow and accused her of white supremacy after she froze almost $3 million in funding for the charity that she set up, that they set up together with the professor. This Ivy League lecturer tried to give herself a 35% pay raise. That's what ended up happening. Dr. Marty Slatton was initially paid $88,000 a year for 20 hours of work a week. $88,000 and you work 20 hours a week. That's like barely part-time. And the society, this charity was intended to set up concerts for Harry T. Burley Music. I don't know what that is. Lynn Foote invested $2 million initially into the society in 2019. So that's the, that's the banker's widow. And so the Columbia University professor, she is a black woman. She's tried to give herself this 35% pay raise. And again, gets 88000 a year for 20 hours of work a week. Try to give herself a 35% pay raise. The widow that is bankrolling all of this stopped it. And the widow is being accused of white supremacy. Can we just like accuse everyone of some kind of ism if they do something or don't do something that we either like or don't like respectively? Can we just accuse them of isms? Oh, you won't give me this for free? Then that's sexism. No, it's you, that you, uh, you, it's commerce. No, no, no. Sexism. All the isms. It's all about elevating people to a more special status than everyone else. The, it's the absolute opposite of real equality. Can you imagine of a Columbia University? So Slatten is accused of extending. Now, remember, this widow is bankrolling this whole thing. Slatten, the Columbia professor who's screaming white supremacy because she's just not given extra money for nothing. She's being accused of extending her contract for three years. Apparently, she tried to do this by herself. It sounds like she tried to defraud the widow, uh, giving herself a 35% pay raise. So from eighty-eight dollars to $135,000 for 20 hours of work a week and an additional $1,500 monthly personal wellness expense. What kind of sweet work is that? That's none. It's none. It's so it sounds like she wants welfare, not a job. So I'm looking at this because she, she, Slatten said that the widow was power hungry. And I love how Daily Mail goes, it's unclear what the two women fell out about. Oh, I'm pretty sure how they fell out about. I'm, it, it seems like the professor wanted to shake down the widow and the widow resisted. And now the professor, she's resigned from her position. She wanted a severance payout of half a million dollars, which she did not receive. And that's... Wow. And now she wants to she wants to get back on this this charities board. It's the Harry T. Burley Society. So and they were to all and, and the society promotes black classical musicianship. The whole thing is just this all is so ridiculous. This that's an entitlement mentality. That's not anything else. It's a it's a men, entitlement mentality. Nothing else but that. I have a couple of other things I want to make sure that I hit on as well. Because there are a few stories. Oh, I know. We got to get going. I'll, we'll get into this coming up at the bottom of the hour because I have a few other stories for you, including they're coming after waitresses' tips. Oh, yeah. IRS, I told you. This is going to happen. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Y'all know that Halo score. You know it. All right, first up, college degrees are losing more career clout, according to WTOP. Companies are increasingly dropping four-year college degree requirements for their jobs and putting more emphasis on experience, and that's not just applicable to entry-level jobs either. A third of those who've dropped degree requirements did so for senior-level roles, according to a recent survey. Uh, Intelligent.com found 53% of hiring managers said their company had eliminated the requirement for a bachelor's degree for some roles in the past year. Very interesting. I mean, experience does matter. I mean, it really does. Uh, I don't know what I think about this. A 309... Why do we need it? A 319 million year old brain has been discovered. Could be the oldest of its kind. It seems really gross. It's a, it's a fish brain. It's a scan of the skull of a 319 year old million year old fossilized fish, which has led to the discovery of the oldest example of a well-preserved vertebrate's brain. So it's shining a new light on the bony fish and their, I guess, evolution. All kinds of stuff coming up. Disney, Ron DeSantis, Wokery, State of the Union, so much more. Stay with us. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. But in this case, um, I would still say it's serious, and, and, but I wouldn't get overly worried at all about it. But there are some questions we all as Americans need answered, I think. You know, did it really happen during the past administration? Because there doesn't seem to be anybody from the past administration who's aware of it. I'm not for the first two years of that administration. Uh, now, it's possible there's old radar tapes that show things that now if we go back and know what it looks like, go back and say, well, that wasn't a, an ice storm over the Aleutians. That was a balloon. Or so. I don't know. That's a very interesting soundbite. And that was yesterday, yesterday evening. It was uploaded to like around 4.30. And it was of General James Mattis, who was responding to discussion about this Chinese spy balloon flying over the continental U.S. Because remember, one of the initial responses and some of the way it was presented as spin, things that we heard is, oh, well, you know, there were a couple of balloons over during Trump's tenure. Uh, what? And then they said, well, we actually didn't know until after he left office. Well, Mattis was saying no one ever told me about this when I was in my position at the time under the Trump administration. No one told me. That's kind of a big, it's a, it's a big question, right? That's a big concern. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. You can listen from sea to shining sea whatever market you want to listen in. Watch the simulcast as well. It looks a little different today. We're broadcasting in D.C. at Radio America HQ. I'll be back in my Dallas studio tomorrow. I'm attending the State of the Union address tonight, so that's why we are here. And thanks to Radio America and uh, our crew here for getting this set up. And also 349 Direct TV. you can watch as well. So this statement from Mattis, because it wasn't just Mattis that said this. It was also Mark Esper and uh, former DNI folks who had said that they were entirely unaware of anything like that during the previous administration. Now, here's where I think everything needs to just pause for a minute, because what gets wrapped up in this discussion and what ultimately the focus tends to fall on is what happened under whose administration, because that means that's entirely, that's culpability. 
That's a separate issue from recognizing what's happening here. I mean, A, we know that there, this was a surveillance device, right? A, I mean, that's it. That's, you know, end of, end of discussion. B, we know that the Chinese government was incredibly cagey and weird about it and that they were mad, even though back in 2001, one of their jets forced down a, one of our Navy surveillance planes when it got too close to one of the islands in the South China Sea. So, I mean, we know how they would respond because we went through that back in 2001. They were incredibly aggressive. They decided to play victim with how we responded. And I think it was the most vanilla wafer, innocuous thing, the way that we handled it to do, especially when we knew that it was going to be flying over the continental United States. And we first got word of it, apparently, when it was over the Aleutian Islands. And there's still some Pacific to traverse there before you get, you know, inland. There's still some water. I mean, there at any point before it actually reached mainland USA, you could have you could have blown it up over the Pacific. We had warning. We knew this. So the question is, well, there isn't a question. We know it was a surveillance device. I do think the question is, why did it take A, so long, and B, why was no one notified? Because Greg Gianforte, Montana governor, said no one briefed him on this. He found out from the same Billings uh, Montana reporter for their local newspaper there, they broke the story. A photographer happened to be in the right place at the right time, took an image, and that's what made the news. And every he learned the same way that everybody else did, apparently. He wasn't given any kind of notice that there was a Chinese surveillance balloon over you know, a, a, a missile silo in Montana. There wasn't any advance notice. And then by the time the cat was out of the bag, the administration just had to figure out how to handle it at that point. So Mattis's point, I think, and there's a, there, there have been times when I have disagreed with him very, very strongly. And I've written about it. But I think he makes a good point here. Because he says, especially when he's talking about the technology we have now, if we go back and look at certain anomalies with what we know now could we have identified as as past anomalies as maybe incursions into our airspace from these types of surveillance devices and that's what he's that's the question that he's asking that's really ultimately the question that i think the white house needs to answer the dod needs to answer somebody needs to answer it and i think the american people are owed an explanation and I also, I mentioned this the day of, that when this really started, like leading into Saturday, when all of this started ascending to a shriek in headlines, for all of the concern about this balloon, you have a million balloons on everybody's devices with TikTok or Zoom on their computers. So I, while I think it's definitely concerning, I also think that there is also concern to be shared with all of these other devices. Now that being said, um, he brought up some. He brought up some very good. He also said something. The one thing that no one has gotten to, and Mattis had mentioned this in the soundbite, where he said, "You know, could we not have taken it down sooner?" His, I'm reading his quote: "NORAD, North American Air Defense, has got a lot of Canadian fighters. The Alaskan, the Alaska-based U.S. fighters out there intercepting Russian planes routinely." up over the Bering Strait. Now, it was going, uh, granted, the Bering Strait's north of the Aleutian Islands, but at some point, it, I mean, I think it's pretty much assumed that this device was in Russian airspace for a bit of time. I wonder if they were aware. I mean, I asked that rhetorically. Nobody's discussed that. I just think it's, I find that fascinating. Now, apparently, the president during the State of the Union address tonight is going to, now the way they said it was briefly, 
he's going to briefly touch on this. And then he's going to go back to the economy is great and you're all racist. So, uh, and oh, an abortion, abortion, abortion. Don't forget that. But, oh, and, and oh, one last thing, insurrection. So insurrection, abortion, you're all racist. The economy's great. Those are going to be the, those are going to be the hot points, the four hot points. Briefly touch on this incursion into our airspace and what that means for our very tense relationship already with China. We'll just see. He's going to briefly mention it. That's all I know. Briefly mention it. There's a, we just have like bits and pieces of what he's probably, and of course, like I said, you can also look at the first lady's guest box, everyone that they're inviting and pretty much figure out who's going to be there and who isn't. A couple of other things. Let's look more uh, locally here. Well, locally, domestically. Let's look at Florida. So the whole Disney Reedy Creek board, you guys know this whole thing. This was the, the battle with Disney. Disney had enjoyed certain corporate exemptions that other businesses did not enjoy. And it was very much not equal. And the DeSantis administration and the Florida state legislature have, are, have changed that. So I saw this. I'm going to pull this story up. So there, that Reedy Creek Improvement District is going to be uh, Florida legislature. They proposed a bill. It's going to, for now, give DeSantis control of the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Of course, he's going to have like a board that's doing this. And this has been a huge battle for some time. It's this five-member board that oversees 40 square miles of Florida, which is where the resort is. There's been a lot of, I think, because I was reading what all this is going to entail. And there's all these benefits that the Reedy Creek, that that, that whole arrangement have given to Disney um, for quite some time. And the new rules that are in the bill that was proposed by the state legislature on Monday, they do not allow anyone who is with Walt Disney Company to actually be on the board. So it's not a self-serving thing. I can't believe that was a new rule that actually had to be proposed. That's wild to me. It's absolutely wild to me. But there's been a lot of, because the way that the, a lot of debate on this, the way that the left tries to position this is that um, he's, he's either taking over, this is the way the, the fight is going, is that either DeSantis is actually physically taking over a company, which is inaccurate, uh, that he is banning Disney, which is inaccurate. And then I also see some of the Republican political operatives out there throwing punches and saying, oh, woke Disney won. Big loss for actual conservatives. Because they get to, Disney's going to keep their tax-free, regulation-free status. They just get a different board. That's not even remotely at all accurate either. It. Disney will no longer, permanently, will no longer have a governing status at all. The state can impose taxes on Disney for road projects outside of the district's boundaries. It's going to be a state-controlled, legislature-controlled, term-limited board, and the governor appoints the members on, and it's a board that is looking at Disney and its property. They can't use and abuse eminent domain to get more land. They, I mean, all of that, they have to contribute to local infrastructure. It creates an apparatus that allows them to do that. Uh, and all of this. And they, they have to pay the $700 million in unsecured debt as well. That's not going to be something that's going to be kicked over to taxpayers. So I'm not, there's so much misinformation and people who actually don't understand, uh, don't understand a lot of local and municipal issues, um, particularly on the left, that this is, it's ending the special treatment that they're receiving. I mean, it's actually the opposite of cronyism. But it makes the left mad because Disney's woke. We're going to talk about that cartoon that they did. 
It was so, I tried watching like even 60 seconds of it. And it was so annoying. I couldn't even handle it. How was that fun? It's like being lectured to by a bad lecturer in a horrible class that you don't want to take. That's not fun. It wasn't entertainment. Why? Kids are not going to find that entertaining. Golly. A few other things to hit. And we, as I said, I'm attending the State of the Union address tonight. Should be interesting. Never been. I, be- I have to be coaxed into D.C. Uh, so should be should be kind of fun. This one, I got actually two things. I'll make it quick. This happened actually when I was going on air. Steve Daines got into Twitter jail because he posted a photo with his wife when they were hunting. It didn't show anything even remotely bad or even gory. He posed with his harvested animal. And I guess people don't understand how hunting works. Like when you do this stuff, unless you're like on a, you know, you're a private reserve and it's not a species that's indigenous to the state. I mean, it's licensed. Things are tagged. You can only harvest what, you know, you're, you're, you've been allowed to get, et cetera, et cetera. People are really strict. But from the way that I understand it, like a lot of the fish and game wardens, they just like pop out from the bushes. I think they live in holes in the ground and they just sort of pop up out of the bushes and they're going to nab you. I've heard so many stories, whether like particularly during any kind of like bird hunting season. So he posts that on, he posts that on Twitter and he gets bounced for it. Even though he did nothing wrong, there, he just posed with his harvest. And I, Twitter's got to change. I, there's so much to change still. So they bounced him for that. And I think he had to delete the offending tweet before they were going to reinstate or allow him to access his account and give him back those, those posting privileges. That's so. And, and, they, and then you end up having to do it because then you can't get back into your account. All right. One other thing I want to touch on. We 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 were discussing this. We were discussing this a little earlier in the program. And I think also as we go into State of the Union and we have Sarah Huckabee Sanders, he's going to be responding. There's a friend of mine wrote a really good piece on how you don't give up the fight in the culture war. I don't know what people think of when they hear culture war. Is it like the 90s Republican, like dorky culture war? Is that what they think? I just wonder because... I feel like people have developed this aversion to acknowledging it, saying it, or even recognizing that they may be in it. It's a, it, it is a thing. I mean, it's been said ad nauseum that all policy is shaped in culture. All politics is downstream from pop culture. That is very much true. And I wrote a post, Fighting Tyranny with More Tyranny. And this is kind of, you could file this under my issue with NatCons. You could file this definitely under that. But one thing to remember, especially after tonight, statism is statism and government is a cudgel, the apparatus of it. You're not going to be able to, especially in response to the grannies performances, which I'm still saying, I'm not saying Grammys, you're not going to be able to use government to pick up the slack for the failure of the citizenry, especially when it comes to bringing about morality and culture. Just one, one thing. I'll share this with you, and then we're going to go to break. Some believe that they can use the big fist of government to pick up the slack and expedite our return, America's return to its Christian roots. They argue that it's not the same as when the left does it, because the right has a more virtuous purpose. And the purpose in this case is immaterial. It's still the absolute surrender of conservative principle for the easy use of statism. Whether, for the instance, like the example of the Grammys, the grannies, somebody was like, Russia would never allow this on. Yeah, because they're commies. That's why. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, and government is like the one ring from Lord of the Rings. You knew I was going to bring it back. 
right? No one is no one is beyond being completely corrupted by absolute power because absolute power corrupts absolutely. We have more to come. That's over on Substack, by the way, and you can sign up for that chapter and verse over on Substack. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Does the administration believe that TikTok is a national security threat and does it believe that those apps should be removed from, from phones? So look, the president of the Biden administration, more, uh, more broadly, has, has never allowed TikTok on the White House devices. Other federal agencies have similar restriction. Uh, we have been whoa, cl- whoa. clear about... Uh, but, 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 but she had said literally earlier that they had put out a response about intrusive surveillance. She said National Security Council put out a TikTok. That's literally what she said. That was yesterday. That's crazy. That's, wait, that does not make sense. She said that, go ahead, I'm sorry, play just part of one. Just play this the first part of one. Air Force One, he seemed very definitive in making clear that he was the one who said explicitly, I want this to be shot down, military leader suggested, uh, wait. Um, was that a reflection perhaps in frustration in terms of the political attacks you guys have gotten from Republicans who said this should have happened on the front end as opposed they to put a TikTok Well, just out. a couple of things. I know there was a TikTok that went out to all of Ooh. you uh, from the National Security Council. Oh my gosh, what? So they, they didn't see it themselves. Yeah, they didn't apparently, they didn't see it themselves. They're like, wait, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, they need, they need to have some consistency here. All right. I'll be at the State of the Union address tonight, back in Dallas tomorrow, where we're going to recap State of the Union. But for now, today in stupidity, Steve. DJ Funnicle. All right. Whoop, uh, Whoopi Goldberg was out there and uh, she was trying to defend China here. So let's see how well this went. <laughs> you know, listen. You sound so We spy confident. on them, they spy on us. We find out stuff, they find out stuff. You know, and the world keeps going around. No. And also you don't get caught. I mean, that's the other thing. But you you respect people's airspace and you don't Kali, Come on. All right, folks, that does it for us tonight. Have a wonderful night. Join the live chat. I'll send out a newsletter link for you for you subscribers. And I'll be back behind the mic with you tomorrow. God bless.